another exciting episode of National Google Radio on the Republic Broadcasting Network, RBN, republicbroadcasting.org. It's the insomnia bout of free speech. Because last night I woke up in the middle of the night and I wound up I wound up recording a show in the middle of the night, which is what I played I intend to play for Friday. This is still Friday morning. But uh, we're here with Paul Stevens, and we're going to do a show. But at any rate, go to republicbroadcasting.org, click on the donate button, send the fundage. It can go to 2251 Double Creek Drive, Suite 302, Round Rock, Texas, 78664. Wow, how that just flows off the tongue. Or you can phone it into 1-800-724-2719, extension 3. I don't even have to think about it anymore. Okay, so Paul, welcome to the show. Good to be with you, Patrick. Well, it's good to have you. So as I was saying, last night uh, I stayed up and I bitched and moaned about some stuff. Uh, one of the things... And like... Well, one of the things that... Because it hasn't been played yet, uh, but I'm going to get that ready to go. But one of the things I bitched and moaned about was... Uh, I, like, I'm glad that there's all these changes. I'm glad that, that Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens and Elon Musk are... Uh, pushing their own personal envelopes in terms of, uh, well, talking about white genocide, for instance, uh, talking about uh, Israel, and uh, I think Elon Musk responded to some sort of tweet of somebody saying that they no longer have a, um, a, a sheet to give about um, Jewish complaints they are being criticized after them having criticized whites very racistly. Tucker Carlson is saying that while he thinks Ivy League donors, uh, they have the right to withhold, withhold their donations if their their pet um, issues are, are, are not being addressed or respected properly, but noted that... Uh, for instance, during the summer of love of George Floyd, we didn't have all this anti-white rhetoric, uh, not just in demonstrations, but in the curriculum. Oh, these, these exact same funders were fine with that. In fact, they funded it. Uh, so people are pushing their envelopes. But what, one of the things I bitched and moaned about is, of course, they're still not talking that directly about Jewish power. And we who have been remain marginalized. And if we ever see a better day, uh, these people who throughout the eras that we were uh, being abused as a people, the, these people like Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson and Elon Musk, who made millions or in, in Elon's case, billions uh, from the system, they're going to be the ones on top. And the people like like us on RBN or David Duke or whatever, we're, we're still going to be excluded. So I bitched and moaned a bit about that. that so that's one thing. The other thing I at, I concluded with, and this is something else that I, I want to get your commentary on, is at the end of the day, it's not even uh, Tucker Carlson and Candace Owens and Elon Musk and potentially Donald Trump who are really uh, turning the situation around for us. It's Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping and now Ismail Haniyeh, the leader of Hamas. They have changed the world. The world is changing America. This is not something that that boomers, you know, we did boomers didn't go out or Fed posters didn't go out with with their guns in the streets. Nope. This is not something to the extent that things are changing in America or in Britain. It's not because of our own 
efforts, I'm sorry to say. It's because of external forces. That was how I concluded. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh, well, I, I definitely think on the world stage, geopolitically, uh, the biggest threat to Western uh, hegemony, that is to say um, the, the central hub of Jewish hegemony, which uses the Western nations as uh, – Ford put it mere uh, checkers on their checkerboard uh, and their puppets. Putin um, and Xi Jinping and, and those in the Middle East, uh, Hamas, maybe Hezbollah, uh, these actors in the Middle East, uh, you know, are, are a bigger threat to that and have been consistent. And of course, our greatest ally in the Middle East, the only true democracy in the Middle East, which, uh, as you know, Patrick, uh, without, as Nikki Haley tells us, without which um, America wouldn't survive, um, we need Israel in the Middle East for our strategic interests, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, as, as, ben, as Benjamin Netanyahu told us recently, this is a, a, a fight uh, of civilization against uh, barbarism. We heard the same thing from, because, and another, in typical fashion, like his other, uh, Jewish uh, brother in Ukraine, you have the veiled threats that um, if we don't stop Putin in Ukraine, well, you'll be next, Europe. You'll be next, United States. We have the same rhetoric from Netanyahu that, you know, the barbaric Islamists are coming for the Europeans next uh, and the Americans next. So we're all in this fight together. They have to appeal, of course, to the West and Israel to keep the funding going. Likewise with Zelensky in Ukraine, regardless of what their domestic audience thinks or wants or whatever. <clears throat> so, yeah, in that sense, they are a threat. But I would say that, you know, with, with what Musk has said recently and this whole drama between Candy Zones and, and Ben Shapiro and then the, and Tucker Carson getting involved with that, and then it's revealed that these Zionists, these uh, universities, which to me was kind of not, not entirely news, but I always thought the universities were more funded by kind of like your more cultural, you know, Marxist kind of Jews rather than Zionist money, which obviously they're obviously almost entirely control the Congress in terms of U.S. foreign policy. But I didn't realize to the extent that they were actually involved with uh, funding some of these, you know, leftist uh, universities, which which, you know, are. Marxist indoctrination centers for one word, you probably wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but let's just say white hating, white hate, white and or Christian culture hating indoctrination centers. I didn't realize to the extent that they were funding some of those universities, but what it has revealed is this distinction. And I, I hope it, it, it can stay that way that we've made the distinction from, from the interests of true American and quotes, conservatives like candy, so on, or Carson and, and the likes of Ben Shapiro, in other words, Zionist Jews, uh, who, you know, conflate themselves with American conservatism, conservatism. Whereas, in actual fact, really, their, their interest and their heart is always with Israel and, their, and, and Zionists. And so Tucker Carson and Candy Zone have exposed this for the universities. We're saying, okay, well, where were you for the last 10 years when... You know, they were destroying uh, our culture and attacking white people. Well, 
you were silent and you were happy to fund it. But now that some some Jews are being attacked, now you're pulling your money. So you've shown where your loyalty is. And I think that, you know, people are aware of this. You know, when you see people talking about America first and then they obsess about Israel, you know, there's a disconnect there because Israel is not America. And Ben Shapiro, some, apparently no one told him that. Um, and they get away with this nonsense all the time that America and Israel are so close. We're so allied that the two interests are the same and we're always on the same page. But with Israel, it only works one way. They're a parasite. And, and this exposes that. And then on the back of that, you had Musk coming out in 78, and I quote in his tweet, or his ex, the ADL unjustly attacks the majority of the West, despite the majority of the West supporting the Jewish people and Israel. This is because they cannot, by their own tenets, criticize the minority groups who are their primary threat. It's not right and needs to stop. So there's a lot in that as well. Um, so I, I think this is a good thing. And then you had, uh, on TikTok, you had a lot of young people has gone viral among the generation uh, Z, I think it is, where they're talking about Osama bin Laden's letter where he said it was Jewish banking interest that caused 9-11. And so this whole Jewish thing domestically and with Israel, it's all coming to the fore in a way that it wasn't before October 7th, quite, quite you know, to the extent that it is now in the public domain. You're hearing a lot about anti-Semitism. And, and, you know, I like it when Tucker Carlson at least pushes back, unlike Sean Hannity and these whores in the Congress, like Nikki Healy, who are bought and paid for by Israel. He at least makes the distinction that Israel is a foreign nation. Now, over here, you have people like Nigel Farage and Douglas Murray, these sort of centrist right types, the equivalent of Carlson, I guess, on many things, and candy zones, they go to APAC, they go to CPAC, they're all there. But in the UK, I think they, they obsess as much, if not more, about Israel and about Jews than America does, because at least you have a Tucker Carson. We, we don't have anyone over here in that group, that center-right territory, where they talk about, why are we sending money to Israel? We feel for them, it was a terrible tragedy on the 7th of October. We can look into that. More details have emerged over, you know, the weeks about what was actually going on there anyway. But it's not our fight. You know, Nigel Farage is constantly talking about poor, poor Jews, anti-Semitism on the rise and blah, blah, blah. So that's where we're at in the UK with all of this. We don't have even a Tucker Carlson, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, and so I think that, I mean, this is absolutely a good thing <clears throat> uh, that, that, Jewish power, or or at least the Israel lobby, is the there's been light shed on it in a way that hasn't really been in my lifetime, uh, and this is good. Uh, uh, I, I do want to point out that this was this is not because of our own domestic. I mean, I've been working at this uh, to the extent that myself or you or David Duke or uh, you know other people have have made any progress on this what's going on right now isn't so much a result of our work i wish i could take credit for it i mean you know we can take credit for being ahead of these other people but tucker Carlson, well, you don't know that you know I, I actually think that people like us we don't always know you know we don't know the impact that david duke's having over the years we don't know what we're doing is having over the years because people are so terrified but you know i think there's a lot of a lot more people 
get information over the last 10 or 15 years from shows like this and people like us than we may ever know, you know? Yeah, okay. I, I, I suppose. So, I mean, David Duke and us and, you know, others have have put information out there. But what's, I mean, what's, what's the game changer over the past month? The reason we're seeing things happen now as opposed to six months ago is because Ishmael Hania sent, um, what, thousands of young Palestinian men from Gaza into southern Israel. It was their their bravery, their their audacity, whatever you want to call it, but it was their actions that have brought this into focus, and it, it wasn't us. I'm glad, you know, um, the TRS people did a demonstration in front of the White House, and somebody needs to do demonstrations in front of the White House, and I'm sure it wasn't a large demonstration, but, you know, these things have to be done, and I heard just a little bit of an excerpt of uh, a speech from Mike Enoch, and, you know, we haven't even been able to, uh, I mean, that's, I guess, the first anti-war demonstration from um, people who are critical of Jewish power um, since mm. since uh, probably 20, was it 2017 when, when Richard Spencer got punched in the face in front of the White House? Uh, it, so it's, it's been a long time. It's, it's probably since Charlottesville. We haven't had it. Charlottesville, Charlottesville, yeah. Yeah, so it's been, it's been five or six years, probably six years. <laughs> uh, and these types of things are, are overdue. But really, and, and we don't have to dwell on this much, but what's changing things isn't so much a, uh, what's really changing, I guess, I mean, people, maybe there's more awareness, but, you know, you and I and Dr. David has been saying this, David's been talking about this for 50 years. Uh, the reason things are happening now is because of events overseas. But, but, but there's no point in dwelling on that that much. But things are changing here. I mean, and it, whether it's it's because of education and information efforts of people like us or whether it's because of external events, things are are changing. And so, like, I know in Britain you had um, what's her name? It was Suella Braverman. And she was sacked over the past week. But she was sacked for being too pro-Israel even, wasn't she? Being to- or too over the top. She wants to, sh- to shut down all criticism of israel and is is that what she was sacked for just being too extreme i'm trying to remember i think no i think she got sacked for uh criticizing the police i think um again you see this is what i mean where when i talk about these uh entangling alliances because when you have the demographic shifts and the electorate and the you know, the soft talk for these minority groups, which get hijacked for the case of the Palestinians, and then they're over there supporting Israel. The normal sort of stuff you expect from people starts to get a little bit convoluted, you know. Um, <clears throat> but so I had to look at it twice myself to find, when I looked at it last week to um, see exactly what she got sacked for. But I think I think she got sacked for not supporting the police, I believe. I, I'll have to... Uh, I'll have to get uh, check it up again because as I say, all, all, it, well, it may have it may have had something to do with the police, but it may have been a criticism of the police for not um, for not completely shutting down the the pro Palestinian demonstrations. I think that was the angle. That hmm. it's not. I um, mean, the cabinet, the government is very pro Israel, but I think she yeah was, she was yeah. 
I think yeah, she's trying to thank uh, them. Because I guess she knows that the conservatives are going to lose the next general election, and, and she's angling to become the new leader of the opposition when it, when it emerges. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, she, uh, I guess about British yeah. politics and you do, but that, that's kind of just what I've overheard. I've overheard Alexander McCure say things like that. Well, I think she might have been sacked for. Uh, I, I don't think she was sacked for being, you know, too soft. Um, no, she was sacked for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, but this is this is going to have a major impact. A, a year ago, I was talking. At, at this time, a year ago, talking a lot about Kanye West, and. At, at the end of the day, Kanye West, he cried. He cried uncle, and he said he wouldn't do it anymore, and that was that. Uh, it it did, though. It kind of illuminated things. And a year ago, what you had was the um, when Kanye West came out. Uh, initially, you know, Tucker Carlson had him on the show, but it was before Kanye West uh, went full. What what was it? Defcon three. I think he was on Tucker Carlson's show like a day or two before he went DEFCON 3 on the Jews, right? Uh, and he did not um, – Kanye did not get support from uh, Tucker Carlson or from Elon Musk. He really didn't. Uh, he, he didn't – He didn't. did he get a uh, Twitter account for like a few days and made like three tweets and then he got banned again? You know, so he wasn't getting the support. He, the, where he and even Candace Owens, who initially was she was wrapped up with Kanye West because Kanye West uh, that whole episode began with uh, Kanye West and Candace <laughs> Owens walking into a a French fashion show wearing White Lives Matter shirts, right? That's how it all. That's how that episode all got started. But when he went death deathcon three on the Jews, then Candace Owens backed off, Tucker backed off. Now Trump did meet with him. Trump met with him. And Nick Fuentes post DeathCon three, so you give him a little bit of credit for that. But the only people who really came to his his uh, his defense were blacks like Dave Chappelle and Jason Whitlock and an NBA player Kyrie Irving. I, th- those were the three big names that I recall. There were no whites who came to his defense. And now what you've got, uh, you do have these big demonstrations against. Israel uh, that are taking place largely on college campuses. But again, these, these, this isn't the, I mean, Mike Enoch and the TRS people uh, aside, because they, they had a, a, a demonstration, which I give them a lot of credit for, but these demonstrations are mostly, you know, blue haired, obese girls with tattoos and nose rings the usual suspects yeah the usual people yeah. that we wouldn't agree with with anything but uh, yeah. yeah and they're they're demonstrating because uh the, the israelis are doing white supremacy at the uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm 
so excited to have you as part of the Wild Pastures family, and we look forward to bringing you the pasture-raised meats that you and your family will love. Now, we started Wild Pastures because so many of my clients would tell me they just couldn't find high-quality pasture-raised meats, and even when they did, it was so expensive that they couldn't afford to eat it regularly. Now, I'm not talking about the bottom-of-the-barrel healthy meats that have claims like natural or free-range or even cage-free, terms that were actually created by the industrial food industry to make us feel all warm and fuzzy about buying their low quality products. I'm talking about truly nourishing pasture-raised meats, the kind that you'll never really find in a grocery store. Our farmers are doing things beyond organic. Our beef is 100% grass-fed and grass-finished and raised on pastures free from chemicals and other pesticides. Our chickens are 100% pasture-raised where they get their natural diet of grass and forage and insects. We will never settle for free range, which is actually one of the most deceptive terms the chicken industry. In fact, less than 0.1% of the chicken consumed in the United States is truly pasture-raised in the way that ours is. And our pork is 100% pasture-raised as well. So if you care about where your food comes from, then you have definitely made it to the right place. As a Wild Pastures member, you'll be supporting the most highly principled farmers in America and getting the most nutrient-dense, nourishing, and sustainable meats in the world. I'm confident you'll love being part of our mission at Wild Pastures, and you will really love the delicious, nourishing meats that we're going to deliver straight to your door. Visit republicbroadcasting.org and click the Wild Pastures banner ad. Secure a shipment today. Beef, poultry, and pork. Raised the way nature intended. Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach or a favorite song from the past or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. with anything but uh, yeah. and they're they're demonstrating because uh the, the israelis are doing white supremacy at the uh <laughs> yeah the, yeah but at least i mean yeah they, they think they, they, they think this is right basically you're this. a punk for the indians yeah yeah they, so they're on the they're, they're on the right side of this but that's where the, the big pushback's coming from and you look in congress and to the extent you have dissenting voices it's not marjorie taylor green or uh, Lorena Bobert. It's not coming from them. It's coming from uh, 
Ilhan Omar and Summer Lee, who is a black lady, and uh, and uh, Rashida Tlaib. It's coming. It's coming from these people. Mm. Uh, so it's nice to see a little bit of move. It is nice to see some movement from people like Elon Musk and and uh, Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson. And you are getting a lot more chatter in, uh, say, right wing internet circles, and that's good. Uh, people, but and, and you got somebody like Charlie Kirk, who nobody ever tuned <laughs> anything on Charlie Kirk, and he's actually siding with. Uh, he's not siding with the Palestinians per se, but he's he's siding with Candace Owens, and he's being attacked by uh, the the young Jewish power structure around. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Ben Shapiro. Uh, the midget in the yarmulke. If if a yard gnome, no, if a yard gnome was wearing a yarmulke instead of a pointy hat, <laughs> no, actually the, the jockey, the little black jockey. If the little black jockey was in white face and a yarmulke, that would be Ben yeah, Shapiro. No. Why why doesn't he just go over to Israel? It's quite clear, like I said, he's exposed himself as masquerading as a you know an American conservative. Um, and I mean you know he I remember him. He he didn't support Trump. You know, because he probably didn't like like the message, you know, America first, because he, he's a complete Zionist and he, he shouldn't be in the country. By the way, um, Braverman, she, she was sacked because she accused the Met police of being too soft and pandering to the pro-Palestinian uh, protesters. And of course, this is a very typical uh, and rightly so largely um, right wing position to criticize the police, because when we have protests, for example, about free speech or anything else, the police are reveal themselves to be perfectly capable of heavy handed policing and making a lot of arrests. Uh, and and then when these uh, stop oil protests and any of these sort of leftist protests, they're, you know, they're seen dancing with them and being very friendly with them. The same with the Black Lives Matter uh, crowd whenever that all kicked off in 2020. And then you had the pro vaccine, pro lockdown uh, crowd, which were, you know, often given a pass, and then anybody who was against the lockdowns or seen what old ladies walking around the police again reveal themselves to be perfectly capable of heavy-handed policing. So she was, she was forced to resign because she was accused of uh, inciting violent protest by, in quotes, far right. By that they mean Tommy Robinson has arrived. Uh, thugs at the Cenotaph at the weekend, which is like where they uh, celebrate the, you know, and remember the, the war veterans. So that's what, she, you know, she was uh, accused of, uh, um, of, you know, basically accusing the police of favoritism and bias. Uh, and then they accused, accused her of uh, inciting, you know, violent protests at that. So, but, you know, the reason this gets complicated is because you have, these politicians are so duplicitous and, are so hypocritical that they go over there making a public display of hu hugging Benjamin Netanyahu and saying, we're with you no matter what. And then they come back to a bunch of, well, half the Middle East that we've imported, you know, and half of that is half of those people are usually because of wars that we've supported. So we have this policy of, you know, invading countries in the Middle East, supporting Israel, and then inviting all these people here who often make up, more often than not, make up huge voting blocks not just the the Labour Party who are far left, but the Conservative Party who are, who are like at best centre left, and you know, and, and then you had Sunak accusing the pro, uh, Palestinian protesters as Hamas sympathisers. So you know they're they're trying to walk both sides of the path with this all the time. So at least Braverman 
has been consistent. She has said that she doesn't want the... She's been very tough on, at least in her rhetoric, about stopping the boats coming across the channel and that the police are biased, uh, you know, in favor of these leftist kind of pro-Palestinian people. Um, and, of course, her husband, you know, uh, Braverman's husband is, is a Zionist. He's an Ashkenazi Jew. Um, so, anyway... Anyway, I thought I'd clear that up. So that's what she got. Uh, she got sacked for um, being accused of basically causing divisions and um, accusing the police of playing favorites is the, is the word she used, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, as so. When uh, Rishi Sunak, uh, about a year ago, when he became the prime minister, uh, has she been as she's the home secretary? who does oversee the police, correct? And does oversee immigration, doesn't she? <laughs> Has she been his home secretary? Yes. All along? Uh, yeah, I think so, for the most part. I mean, you know, he's only been in power, what, a year? Um, Liz Truss was the home secretary, and then she was the, the legitimately, um, you know, not elected, but within the party, the chosen um, prime minister. And, of course... That wasn't deemed acceptable. I don't think that, um, you know, they could control her or I don't know what the problem was with her necessarily. But... I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk, real people, because you can handle the truth. Homeowners, if your lender has gone out of business or sold your transaction to another lender or servicer, you may be the victim of a wrongful foreclosure resulting in the loss of your home. If you've already lost your home, are in foreclosure, or even in good standing, you can challenge the mortgage transaction's illegal issue and your property can be restored to you, and your foreclosure can be stopped or reversed and the mortgage transaction declared unenforceable. State laws, U.S. title codes, the Uniform Commercial Codes, and U.S. Supreme Court rulings have upheld that defective mortgage documentations can reverse or stop foreclosures and enforce property title claims in favor of the homeowner. We are having successes in stopping the process of foreclosure, the enforcement of the foreclosure judgments, the sale of property, and evictions after the sale. We are not attorneys, and we don't give legal advice. We are a professional team of legal researchers, providing forensic mortgage audits and expert witnesses. We have the knowledge to produce the evidence and enforce laws regarding your legal issues. We've been in business for 12 years without a complaint. Consultations are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects. Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few. After taking Extendivite for about six months, I've noticed improvement on the numbness of my hands and wrists from the carpal tunnel syndrome. I will continue to buy product. This formula is very powerful. I am feeling much better. My heart rate and blood pressure is stabilized. My lower edema has reduced and lower leg pain due to blood clots has disappeared. This product has relieved what appears to be an angina problem, pain in the chest after climbing stairs and short on breath. I'm quite happy about it. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. 
Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit drinksupertea.com. The first word is drink, spelled D-R-I-N-K, then the word super, then the word tea. The complete website is drinksupertea.com or call us at 818-965-9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-965-9113. Drinksupertea.com. And, of course, that wasn't deemed acceptable. I don't think that, uh, you know, they could control her or I don't know what the problem was with her necessarily. But Rishi Sunak is, you know, complete establishment guy. So they, uh, you know, made sure that he got in there and they got rid of Liz Truss. And then Suella Braverman came in there as the home secretary. And she's been very, at least on the surface of it, you know, uh, serious uh, and, and very heavy handed, if you like. When it comes to stopping the boats and stopping illegal immigration, and she came out with a great speech about how you know we, we can't tolerate any more immigration and, and, and all this sort of has, stuff. Has so, a, I just want to ask: Has she been at all effective in changing, like changing the? Is it all rhetoric, or has she actually had results in terms of these boats coming over? It's always rhetoric. It's always rhetoric because at the end of the day, we we had a, a high court ruling. Um couple of days ago which basically slapped down the uh, government's position to send some of these some of these illegal immigrants for you know over to rwanda and you know this is a facade from the government because they know this is going to be uh slapped down they know that the you know the human rights lawyers are going to be all over this and that nothing's going to come of it and then as i say it, there was a high court ruling in this country which deemed it illegal uh, but they they always they do this they 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 want to be seen to be you know doing something about immigration so they come out with these ridiculous policies about let's send them to Rwanda knowing fine well that it, nothing's going to ever happen so they're, again they're trying to like play both sides uh, you know uh, you know talk out of both sides of their mouths and think oh please you know these anti-immigration racists in the country uh, they'll they'll think we're serious about it but at the same time you know they can be seen to be looking like they're doing something but they know that. You know, we're part of the European Court of Human Rights that uh, we have a bunch of, uh, you know, far left, uh, many of them maybe even Jews themselves in the, in the judicial uh, system at high levels in these kind of decision makings um, that are going to slap these things down. And lo and behold, they did. They said it was uh, deemed uh, illegal to send people to Rwanda. Well, wow. OK, so. Uh... Yeah. So it's all talk. It's, it's all talk. It's easy to, to propose something uh, that sounds tough that you know is going to be uh, not allowed. Right? Yeah, and then they see they can keep their voter base, those who are gullible enough to go along with us, they can say, well, look, we tried, but we're 
against these lefty lawyers all the time because they've they've tied our hands, you know. But we'll keep trying. Yeah, yeah, that's that's common. So, all right, uh, but now in in Britain, one difference between the United States and Britain in the United States, these pro-Palestinian uh, demonstrations are primarily uh, college campus lefties, right? indoctrinated kids who are demonstrating because they they see Israelis as doing white supremacism at uh, at at the Palestinians, but in Britain, you've obviously you've got a very substantial Muslim population there who aren't looking at the Jews as white supremacists. They're looking at Jews as as oppressors of the Palestinians. They they have a very different idea of of who the Israelis are. Uh, and so what what's it like there? Uh, what what is it like with the having this large community? You got uh, in London. I mean, you've got neighborhoods, large neighborhoods that are primarily Muslim, right? Uh, what's it like over there? <clears throat> well, that's right. And, you know, I think we, have to, we, we need to be careful here because, you know, this is where it, it, it gets sensitive because even though I'm anti-Israel, uh, I don't know. I mean, anti-Zionist. And I feel for the Palestinian people. And I think ultimately there's an injustice perpetrated against these people. And, you know, since the state of Israel was created without any consideration for the people who had already been living there for the last, what, 1,200 years or whatever it is. You know, I, I don't want these people in our country. We've already got a lot of Muslims here who are not British. You know, they don't they don't they don't identify as British. You know, they don't identify as European and we shouldn't expect them to because they're they're not. Their ancestral homelands are in the Middle East. And so they come here with hostility. Uh, their culture largely, you know, not all. I mean, you, you know, I'm not necessarily Islamophobic, but, you know, there are a lot of Muslims that some of the claims that the Israelis will make or, or people like Farage or that will make about Muslims, they're valid. You know, to an extent, there is barbarism within that community. That when they come here, their practices are not uh, compatible with Western, secular, or Christian culture. Now, the reality is, you're unless they are these kind of like, you know, maniacal jihadi types, which I think does get exaggerated. Uh, you know, they're actually going to be more friendly to Christians than they are than than Jews are. I mean, they're not trying to subvert our culture in terms of uh, in, in the way that uh, the Jews constantly try to do. But they have found themselves here and then they want to pursue Islamic interests and, the, and, and their own interests, which are not the same as Western culture, as Western interests, as British interests, as French interests, because they're not French. They're not British. They have citizenship here. But it, you see in the second and the third generations, you know, where their loyalties really lie to they, a lot of. These people are, you know, very extreme in their thinking. And there is a thread throughout Islam that they think, you know, it is their sort of destiny with the help of Allah to conquer Europe, etc. There is that threat, no doubt about it. If you're ever talking to certain Muslims, I've had conversations, you know, as a Christian. And if you scratch below the surface, they're not so peaceful. But, you know, but they're very quiet about it mostly until you step on their toes 
and then there's outcry and protests about this film being shown at a at a cinema or whatever, and the police have to kowtow to them because the police are intimidated by them, by the sheer numbers of them. Um, so it's a problem. We have too many Muslims in this country. And I don't know how many, you know, Patrick, how many of these people are peaceful and decent or whatever, and how many of them, you know, are a serious problem in their ideology. I, I just don't know. Enough of them. We should never have imported these people. So it's a mess. We now have imported a big problem, you know, and then, like I said, our politicians go out and make a public display of supporting Israel, who these people hate, and then they hate the state itself, and they hate the country itself, and, and we've allowed, the, allowed these people into the countries. It's a national security risk, as well as being obviously the sort of demographic shifts that you see even from non-Muslim countries like India or, you know, or Sri Lanka or whatever. Of course, it's a threat to your national identity. Dem- Demogra- demographics matter. Um, so it's a mess, really, you know. And and we've we have we have imported it all, you know. So much of our public discourse revolves around Judaism, or in this case Zionism, and Islam, in what was previously a Christian country that prospered largely because of its Christian culture and because of its demographic cohesion. And all that's gone out the window now. I mean, if if you went back a century and fast forwarded to today, well, you'd probably kill yourself. You'd think, what a mess. But you see, we we have been part of a generation who have been like the frogs in the kettle. We have witnessed this shit show, unfortunately. You know? Yeah. And there's a lot of things that aren't going to change. Donald Trump, that he's going, if he's elected president again, he's going to do mass deportations and, uh, he'll do nothing. Yeah. Like I don't have my, I don't have my hopes up. Uh, and and it could be exactly the the same thing we're talking about with Suella Braverman, where she says, yeah, we're going to send these people to Rwanda knowing full well that the, uh, the courts are going to restrain her. Right. It's just like, it's like, you know, the guy, it's almost a meme. The guy at the bar who's who wants to act tough. He says, "Yeah, you know, hold, you know, hold me back, hold me back." And somebody holds him back. Um, yeah, or he knows. You know, he starts a fight when he's got two bouncers between him and the other guy, knowing that the bouncers are going to break it all up, and you know, and there's never going to be any trouble. So they can look tough. Uh, so, <laughs> for the most part, you would think these people are here to stay. You never know what's going to happen. There may be, maybe something would happen where a significant number of People are going to be removed. Uh, I mean, it's possible. Like I could, I could see some of the people who have arrived in the Biden administration getting deported. I could see that. But the people who have been here for a couple of years, which you're talking about tens of millions, there, there's very little chance that any significant number of them are going to go back. They should, but it's it's mm. probably not going to happen. But you know, there was a report. You see. Mm-hmm. Now, I was going to say from my own personal position, because I'm not so provincial in my thinking. In other words, I don't, I don't live, for example, as a Christian uh, in the 20th century, which is basically, you know, the century of, in quotes, Judeo-Christian, which is an oxymoron, uh, which, you know, or, or the century of the Christian Zionist, an, another oxymoron, when you've had Jews running amok 
in Western culture and Christian culture for 20, in, in the last century, particularly in the West. So on one, on one hand, I can see that we are more like, in many ways, Israel sort of as, a, as, a, as an entity. These are people who live at largely in our culture, in a secular culture, which is reasonably tolerant to an extent. And they, you know, they're, they're kind of more like us in one sense. Um, you know, as opposed to sort of Muslim countries like Iran, where there's a lot of pressure towards women and they're completely intolerant of homosexuals and all this stuff. Not that I like homosexuals or affirm homosexuality, but we don't, you know, we don't make their lives a misery necessarily. Okay. Well, we promote them obviously and all that stuff. But as, as a Christian, from my point of view, you know, I, because I'm not provincial and see myself, uh, you know, in the 20th century alone, I look over the last 2000 years and I'm sorry, but I, you know, I, I would stand with the Muslims before I stand with any, with any sort of, you know, Judaic or Zionist uh, ideology, you know, because they don't hate Christians like Jews do. But, but the Jews are very sneaky about it. And the gullible Christian Zionists and the gullible Farages and who seem to talk interchangeably like Jews in the West, like they are like white people, you know, it, it you know, I, I just don't get on board with that, you know? Yeah. Uh, and regarding the tolerance. Okay. So my information is at least 10 years old. Maybe it's 15 years old, but in Iran, while homosexuality was, was outlawed last time I checked the Iranian health, you know, national health service was doing, uh, uh, what transgender operations because transgenderism is not explicitly talked about in the Quran. <laughs> Homosexuality is, but transgenderism isn't. So it's not talked about in the Bible either. Yeah, because it, it, it wasn't a thing, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so it's not talked about. Anyway, that's just kind of a fun fact. I don't know if, if the Iranian National Health Service is still paying for transgender surgery or not, uh, but <laughs> as, I think oh. in the odds they were, at, at least. You see, here's an interesting thing, Patrick. You know, we spoke to, sorry to interrupt you, but we spoke about this before about, you know, immigration, about all these reasons why people can come to the West. And, of course, we've become a magnet for homosexuals. We've pretty much made our laws almost like anybody who's persecuted in their country for being a faggot, excuse my language, for being homosexual, they can come here and flee persecution. But everybody has their problems in their own country. You know, you can't just have the solution that you can come here. But, you know, can I go to Iran and say to the Iranians, well, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering persecution as a Christian from Judaism. Can I? Because if I, I say certain, you know, I mean, it works both ways. The Iranians don't like homosexuals. We love them, of course. But they in the West, they hate anti-Semites. You know, it's the same principle. Well, I'm being persecuted here. My country. Well, you've got two choices: you can go to prison and stand by your principles, or you can shut your mouth and toe the line. It's the same with them when they, you know, well, stop, stop being a homosexual then, or overthrow your government, or do whatever. But the solution is we can come here, but we don't have anywhere to go. Otherwise, if things were being equal, we could go to Iran and say, well, I'm being persecuted for being an anti-Semite or an anti-Israeli or whatever, you know. I don't know. I mean, I've never tried it. I went to Iran. <laughs> well, I might get desperate enough. Yeah. And I, you know, they, they might actually welcome very small numbers for the propaganda benefit, but even North Korea, when on rare occasions it gets an American defector, they're treated with a great deal of suspicion, a great deal of suspicion. And then they might be tolerated and used, <laughs> um, if not propaganda purposes propaganda. to help, to help train people. 
uh, a there was a guy from North Carolina who a boomer, right? A boomer, or somebody older, uh, somebody who would be probably about eighty years old now, who had defected to North Korea, I think, in the nineteen seventies, and he lived there, and I think he wound up eventually marrying a Japanese woman who had been kidnapped off of the beach because they for a while North Korea was kidnapping uh, Japanese people off the beaches and bringing them to North Korea and then using them to train their agents. Um, as, you, as you do. Yeah, well, I mean, as they did back then. Uh, <laughs> Kim Jong-il, Jong the, the father of the current leader, um, he eventually said, oh, my goodness, actually that happened. We did that. There were some overzealous people. Uh, here, you can, have, you can have these people back. That was about 20 years ago. Um, but, but he, he, uh, he, so when, when prime minister Koizumi went over to pick up some of these, uh, people who had been kidnapped off the beach, he brought back this American too, who had, who had been there for 30 years or whatever. Uh, and I don't know. So okay, occasionally, so that, that thing happens. It's, it's rare. There's not a whole, but you know, who knows, who knows? Um, we're, we're getting close to the end of the show. Okay, well, I want to say one thing. Just circle back to Elon Musk. In response to his tweet, a guy called Jake Taper or Tapper, he said yes. Elon Musk pushing unvarnished anti-Semitism at a time of rising anti-Semitism and violence against Jews. And then in response to that, someone called the artist formerly known as Eric, he said, okay, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialect dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest shit now about Western Jewish populations uh, coming to the disturbing something, whatever, then that's the end of that tweet. And, and Elon Musk said, you have said the actual truth. So if, if you go back uh, pre-October 7th, I don't think you would have saw this kind of rhetoric. Uh, but here it is, you know, Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. Now, that's not uh, David Duke or, you know, us guys saying this. This is this other guy saying this very publicly with, you know, um, this one's got 48,000 likes at this point. So, yeah. and then but, Elon Musk said you, have the, you have said the actual truth. So, you know. Yeah, and Jake Tapper. <laughs> Sur mon lit à bouffer salant dans du ventre en mon whisky quant à moi peu dormi vide débris mais j'ai dû dormir dans la boutière où j'ai eu un flash en quatre couleurs Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee. 
hemppaste.com slash rbn. Free shipping on orders over $50. See the banners for Hemp Paste at republicbroadcasting.org and visit hemppaste.com slash rbn. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shilajit literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shilajit has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get, and you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. likes at this point so yeah. and then but, elon musk said you have the you have said the actual truth so you know yeah and jay capper he's a cnn host he once about 10 years ago eight or 10 years ago uh was gonna have david duke on the show he and dana bash was his co-host back then and uh and they had contacted david and they were gonna have have him on i think jay capper was willing to talk to david probably very obnoxiously but dana bash the uh is Jewish blonde. They're both Jewish. Uh, she said no way, and so it never happened. But um, yeah. Okay. And then there's another. Yeah. Go just on, to please. finish up, there's a guy. Uh, yeah, Rosenberg said, "Quote: This is literally the conspiracy theory espoused by the white supremacists to massacre the Pittsburgh Tree of Life synagogue." Musk approves. I have no further commentary. Well, okay. So obviously we don't. We don't approve of people going and shooting up synagogues. 
Um, and of course, of course, of, of course. or shooting uh, up anything. Now, the guy who did it said he was uh, I guess he had a manifesto or something that was published in advance of this. And in the manifesto, he was complaining about the uh, Tree of Life synagogue's uh, support for the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, which brings over so many people. And that's all that's all true. Yeah. They did support the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society, and um, and it it does brag about bringing over all these people. So, but that you know, obviously, that was a retarded uh, and immoral act that the, that guy did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not we're not like the Palestinians. We, if if we wanted to, we could stand up and just say things and rectify our situation that's not something that the the people in gaza they don't have that option and so it's if for them to cross the border and do a military action is one thing uh for our rent for rando people over here to to do something like that no we've got we've got other options which we don't take but anyway (laughs) we're kind of out of time if you have one last commentary uh go for it otherwise we'll wrap it up no, well, I'll just finish off on the uh, Al-Shifa Hospital, which is apparently some great hub of uh, central hub of uh, Hamas and legends like their sort of uh, headquarters. The Israelis have rolled out, I think, about four Kalashnikovs and uh, a pair of boots and uh, some some ammunition and uh, something else, a couple of hand grenades or something as their evidence for this uh, Hamas uh, uh, hub of uh, uh, operations. So, so far they've revealed nothing of any worth uh, as to, even if it was true, that's what they found. You know, this is no excuse for the kind of uh, behavior which has been conducted a- against that hospital. So, uh, it's another major, at this stage, propaganda fail for the Zionist regime over there, you know. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me, Paul. Thank you, Patrick. And I'll be back again tomorrow with another exciting episode of National Vehicle Radio. Till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop and lift. What in the world is an ease-off drop and lift? Our ease-off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the ease-off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my ease-off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com. And hurry, because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. Easeoff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. Ease off, LLC. 
417-932-6419. You can't handle the truth! You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit republicbroadcasting.org today because you